not only do they the three pictures sometimes do jump scares and things, but sometimes one of the people will leave one frame, go into the other frame, <laughs> murder the other person, <laughs> and then come back to their original frame. Okay, now I'm on board. So uh, they have to be synced up then. You have to yeah. you have to press play all at the same time. It's incredibly hard to make this work on a tablet that only wants to sell you audiobooks. I, I cannot tell you. <laughs> It's a podcast with a guy and a guy and a guy who yawned right at the beginning. Hopefully I can clip that out. But if not, that's what that was. I didn't make any noise. Craig's tired. What episode is it? It's episode 289. I'm Mike. He's tired. (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) I am so tired. I am so tired. (laughs) T-I-R-D. T-R-E-D. T-I-R-E-D. So how's it going? I'm fine. Other than being tired. I'm I'm good. Oh, you're good. Okay. I'm looking forward to, after we wrap up here sometime this evening, I'm going to sit down. For those of you listening, this is a few days in the past, but I will be sitting (laughs) down to um, go through the entire list of backers and start making lists of um, emails for like this is the email that everybody gets so that everybody gets the PDF stuff and this is the list for the people that want the hardcover so I'll send the link for the hardcover and here's a list for the softcover and here's this and here's this and everybody's going to get a whole bunch of emails because I got to do them all individual pieces <laughs> wow yeah that's not all automated that is really really automated I have to oh, just that... send a bunch of emails yeah yeah well I mean I do it through a through a thing on drive through RPG a little form I say, oh, okay. I want to give, I want to give away a complimentary copy of the PDF. Actually, in this case, it'll be of the fulfillment bundle, which is a zip file that you'll get that has everything in it. And I'll just, and it says there's a box to put emails in and I'll just go paste <laughs> every backer. Is that a fulfillment bundle in your pants or you're just happy to see me? Oh. <laughs> I have been summoned. <laughs> I'm happy to see you, Dave. I'm happy to see you too, Craig. <laughs> there is no fulfillment bundle in my pants. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, I thought Dave was the fulfillment bundle. No. Oh, I misunderstood. I'll stop touching you now. Stop! Well, well, <laughs> welcome back, Dave. <laughs> Thanks. It's good to be here. I didn't identify who I was touching. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The dog. Just petting the dog. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. Um. Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. How's, how's everything? Well, today was an interesting start to the day. Right, because you're in the studio today because... People were uh, on my roof doing roofing work and hammering early this morning and into the day. And, How exciting. Yeah, and so uh, Mike suggested that we do potential war correspondence where the constant <laughs> hammering is, can be referenced as uh, mortar shots and things like that. But, yeah, yeah. but ultimately, I, I decided it was best to stop in. I don't know how many. I came up with two jokes for you. And, and, yeah, so it'd be and, hard to carry throughout the episode. Yeah, I, don't and, I don't know. You would, we'd have to have a script almost. and That's that, just too much pre-production for this. <laughs> it might wear on the Dog listeners a little show, as well. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fair. Oh, we're not worried about wearing on the listeners. <laughs> we've, we've been wearing on the listener, listeners for about three years now. Fair enough. 
I do have to say, though, I remember back when you first started mentioning that you wanted to do this podcast and you asked, like, do you want to be a guest on the show? That was a long time ago. It was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, I'm looking around the studio and I, I look at all this really nice equipment you guys have. And that was not what I was envisioning at all. Because, you know, most people when they're like, hey, man, let's do a podcast. <laughs> he was expecting you to have your iPhone in the middle of the table mm-hmm. with I, the record <laughs> app running. <laughs> An old tape cassette player. I've been on those podcasts <laughs> Okay, everybody before. speak up. <laughs> With a constant. <laughs> that was surprisingly good simulated static. <laughs> I'm just saying. We're talented. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're able to run the ceiling fan and have the air conditioning going. And I mean, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Living in the future is amazing. <laughs> Speaking of the future, look for the Nerd Burger where I make an appearance in 2032. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was trying to figure out which Frankenberger volume number that would be. Yeah. Listeners, a peek behind the curtain. Before we start recording each episode here, you often hear, sometimes you hear us re- referring to, uh, you know, like before we press the record button, but we oh, don't. That'd, we, be, that'd be volume 20. We start recording, you know, pretty early, but and we kind of chit-chat for a little bit, and sometimes that chit-chat ends up in a Frankenberger episode that we cobble together when we can't record. Um, so, yeah, Dave is referring to something funny that we were talking about that... <laughs> Let's face it, it's never going to end up in an episode because this, this podcast is going to die long before we get to the uh, the bits <laughs> That's from the, spirit. Uh, the last month or, you know, the last few months of recording. We got, we're still dinking around through the, like, what, year and a half point when we put those together? I don't know. It's not, it's not that important. I don't even think it's to the end of the first year yet. Yeah. Or it just crossed over to the second well, year. Well, it's going to be one of those things that because as you, as you age, you're... Your voice changes ever sure. so slightly, you know, as, as different things happen to your, happen to your face like and your this. nasal passages mm-hmm. and different things, different things happen. Your nose continues to grow because it's a funny joke and to your ears. our intelligent creator and your ears, um, the two parts of your body that continue to grow. You end up looking like that, uh, that, uh, that guy from the great America commercials, Yeah, the six flags, sorry, six well, flags, Jimmy Durante. I mean, yeah. just as an example with the big, who's the big Jimmy Durante anyway, um, Green you know, America. Everything, everything, I did grow up in Southeast Wisconsin or everything. Anything. Everything changes in your face a little bit, you know, just slowly. And because I've noticed that listening to old episodes, old CDs mm. from our radio guys that we listen These to, they've been, right they've been yeah. doing that for like well over, you know, Got those CDs, on. those CDs for twenty five years or something like that. You go and listen to those old episodes, and it's like, okay, that's that's Brian. Yep. That's, but 20, it doesn't. He doesn't sound like today, Brian. Twenty six years, ninety two, I think, is the first All My Packers. <laughs> It was right before the Brett Favre years, so yeah. Oh, my backers. When they did it as a radio drama. <laughs> with voices. <laughs> with stupid voices, making fun of how crappy the Packers was, were every week. It was like a three-minute. Every week was a three-minute episode Isn't Don of Mc- how terrible the Packers were that weekend. Don Mikowski's voice is Bullwinkle. <laughs> yeah, Bullwinkle the Moose. <laughs> And uh, and uh, Randy. Lindy and Fonny is the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> it's Marlon well, cause he, Brando because he's Italian. Cause he's Italian. <laughs> That's the only reason. Yeah. Well, they just had like like they, they knew some people who did some voices, and they had and them then come they in and just they just they yeah. just used the voices that they that these guys that could they do. could do. Right. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And like whoever who's who was the the team doctor? They made him Igor. No, he wasn't Igor. He was. Uh, uh, what's the guy? Yeah, he talked like this. He was in all those old movies. Mm. P- 
uh, Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was always the creepy but he's like assistant. The, he's like the yes master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Igor, right? No, I don't know that he might have played Igor at uh, some point, but he he was but always it's that the, kind of guy. He was the creepy, yeah. the creepy guy, hunchback, the you know, one eye poking out guy, <laughs> guy doing the dirty work. Okay, okay, moving on. Doctor no, Nobody knows any of this stuff. Well, we might as well talk about Jimmy Durante. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dave, how, how how's everything? Other than uh, the uh, the the construction, how are you doing? Everything good? No, yeah, no. I uh, think things are going fairly well. Uh, game design moving along. You've been yeah I've, tinkering I, with you got game stuff happening. I hear every so often I hear a little something. I I try to be a little tight lipped about some of the things that are coming up. Uh, you know, I was talking with you guys a little earlier about an RPG that I'm also working on, um, and I've got. Uh, you know, the game that I've been working on actually for quite some time, Yokai, the Japanese-themed one. Uh, I demoed that back in April at Proto-ATL. Uh, and one of the challenges that, that I had with it was it ended up being so popular that very few of uh, the publishers that showed up to that event were actually able to play the game because <laughs> all the other designers wanted to get in on the game. Um, so it oh, was geez. a victim of its own success. Uh um, so, but the good news is I actually had a very, very large publisher look at it. And there were several people in that organization that were like, yeah, we want to do this. Uh, the challenge was with that particular publisher is that they only do licensed games. You know, it's just, that's their thing. You know, that, that's what they're known for. And they were reluctant to move outside of that, uh, area. So they never officially passed on it, but they haven't actually done anything with it. And one thing I kind of learned very early on when I started getting into board game design is I kept hearing the same kind of story over and over again from publish or you know from designers. You know they're like, yeah, I met with a publisher. They like the game. I think it's going to happen. You know, and they they go through this. Mm-hmm. S- it was almost word for word kind of script. Yeah, it's great. I've I've heard it many times myself yeah. with people. Yeah, and so you're just, and and they so, get all excited and then it never goes anywhere. Yeah, and so I very early. I mean, that's why I immediately started it's going just, down the Kickstarter just road. Constant disappointment. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, most publishers are reluctant to publish other people's games. That's another thing. Uh, and that's because they've got their own designers. They've got their own, you know, their own studio. They're working yep. on this kind of stuff. And you bring in someone from the outside. There are some variables that aren't always easy to predict or control. Uh, so it's very understandable why they why they do that. So I'm happy to demo my games for publishers, but I never hold my breath, you know. And it, I consider it a badge of honor. You get 300, 400, 500,000, whatever people backing your game on Kickstarter. That's a, you know, it's how many ever people that is that said yes, I believe in this game. With the publisher, you're just selling one dude. So if that guy doesn't like it, you know, that's one person that said no to the many hundreds that said yes. So I, it feels like a bigger badge of honor to kickstart anyways. Uh, all that said, I'm always happy to work with publishers because they do the stuff I don't enjoy as much. You know, like the sales and the marketing and the shipping and the logistics. That's not fun yeah. stuff. We've so, talked about that. Yeah. All that stuff that has to has to happen in the background. Yeah. To get to get the game from your head to people's tables. Right? Yes. Yeah. That, that isn't making the game. I do just enough of that. <laughs> yeah, I do just the bare minimum of mi- minimum of that in order to get my games into people's hands, which is why I do everything that I do as a print on demand kind of thing where I don't have to stock anything. I don't have to I don't have to be a store. Which I don't have to fulfill shipment. <laughs> I don't have to, you know, take orders on a weekly basis and like every Saturday morning I gotta sit down and <laughs> put stuff in boxes and print labels and haul it off to the to UPS or to the post office or whatever. I don't have to do any of that junk. And let me tell you, I'm so jealous of RP. I mean, you guys have a whole lot of work up front 
because you're doing a lot of layout and stuff. I was just looking at the Capers book uh, earlier today. Yeah, it's and done. The layout is very, very impressive. I, if I picked that up in the 80s, I, my mind would have been blown. That That's an excellent book. Well, if you had picked that up in the 80s, it would have been one of the first books in full color all the way through. <laughs> that's fair enough, too. <laughs> Holy crap! How much did this cost to print? <laughs> but I'm, but even if it wasn't in color on the inside, yeah. it, I mean, just the, the layout, the presentation, everything about it was it was it was evocative. It was very it really grabbed me. So I recognize there's a ton of work up front that I mean we have to do our own version of that with board games, but it's not many hundreds of pages. You know, yeah. It's so, like here's a design for the card, and if you have a few different types of cards, you might have a few different borders and layouts and things. But once you make some choices, it's just repeating the same elements in different artwork. Absolutely, which again has its own. Whereas level in, work, in, a, in a book, every page has kind of got to be a thing. Its own paragraph. Where does the image go? Oh, the image causes this paragraph to slip over here, and now it reads funny. And yeah, so anybody... orphan orphans and widows. Yeah, and so lots of more room for opportunity. <laughs> that's a, that's a layout term, everybody. Yep, <laughs> Mike knows. <laughs> got to get that word back up in that sent in that paragraph. Don't let that one word dangle all by itself. That looks weird. I'm I'm unsure who's responsible for thanking Dave for his compliment on the layout, because I mean I did the layout, but at your direction, at my direction, and, and well, and you made a lot features, of decisions. It features Owen's graphic design, and of course it's Beth's a, illustrations. And, it's a team effort, Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> Thank you on behalf of the entire Capers team. Say that's it, your job. That's fine. <laughs> Say it that way. Say hey, you know I. <laughs> You made a lot of decisions about laying stuff out in there. That I'm I had just nothing... a mouse monkey. No, you're not. <laughs> this one right here. I can show. I this, can show this, everybody. This mouse right here. I can show everybody the list of directions, mm. and it was like here's 160 pages of text. Here's 50 illustrations, and here's like what maybe more than 50, isn't it? 54, 55. Huh? There's 100. Oh. I had maybe. I had maybe 20 line item directions of like this illustration needs to go in this chapter this you know that type mm. of thing this 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 sidebar needs to go next to this graphic that mm. those types of things but everything else yeah you'd be surprised at, was uh, him deciding okay well we'll shuffle this around we'll put this illustration here so that we've got an illustration on this page and it's a bunch of text and over here we've got some headers and we've got a table and it was so only like, 20 line items throughout the whole book but that's not a lot you'd be surprised at, pages no, i'm just no. saying you'd be surprised at how how many conflicts that causes yeah and you solve (laughs) those no wait a minute you want this this and this and those three things can't exist together in in this book the way it is with what we have so so. since neither of you are willing to take credit for the great work (laughs) i I will i did a wonderful job with the capers layout (laughs) thank you dave new from geek taco games you really you really kicked ass (laughs) you really kicked ass on that coppers game you made (laughs) But, oh, but no, boy. seriously, I'm very jealous of the print-on-demand, and you have media mail to boot. So even if you do mail something, the price is so much cheaper than board games because board games, for some reason, don't qualify as media. And so, no matter how small your box is, no matter how small the box is, no matter how I mean, I, if I made a board game book that was mostly a manual, mostly in book form, it would still not be considered media at that point. So it's just, it's <laughs> I'm jealous is all I'm saying. So, uh, well, see what you need to do then is you need to make like a soft cover book. That people can deconstruct, that they can take the staples out of. They can just print it, you know, saddle, saddle stitch or staple back. Um, and um, where they get the game, they pull it apart. And the, like these four pages, they keep together. And that's the rules. And these four pages here, and they cut the pieces out. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's all a book. And you just pull out, you know, like these two, the, the two middle double page pieces come out and get taped together. And that's your, that makes your board. 
That'd be a good one to sell at conventions as well, actually. Have the little displays like you have for your... Uh... I've considered doing stuff like that. If I like, I've got this little book that I sell that's called Six Little Games. It's a bunch of little games. There's like a role-playing game. There's a LARPy kind of thing. There's a couple things. Um, and I thought about, at one point, designing what, is, what was essentially a, a board game or a card game to put in there and then make it explicit on the cover of the book. It's like, you know, you can... I'd have to order everything in the right way so that all the pieces fell together the way I wanted them to when you have them, you know, in the pages, but then make it like, you know, you sell this thing to somebody and, and it, the book tells you, take the staples out, pull this game apart, pull this book apart. It has all these games in it that you can take the board out and you can take out these pages and cut them up into the cards. And we'll drive, about we'll that. drive through RPG print on uh, super heavy paper that's like almost cardstock and not in, perforations not in, a book. in the shape of your illustration your little your little mini figures no and... nothing like that just... <laughs> it's gonna be really basic but at the same time this is something that you sell for you sell to somebody for like five bucks you know it's just black and white it's real simple small book it's like 20 pages no it's a great idea but yeah so the good news is you could call it destroy this book or destroy this game i actually thought about that i thought about calling it like tear apart this book mm-hmm <laughs> or something like that. Anyway, Dave. My, my favorite one still is you suck at making sandwiches. It's in there. Okay, there you go. <laughs> the best part about you suck at making sandwiches is the, the in the final paragraphs or so. There's a little Casper style ghost outline with the headline "Death is not the end." And I just want to know how bad you have to be at making sandwiches for that to be part of the rules. Yeah, because <laughs> the narration can ultimately end in your character's demise because you're so bad at making sandwiches. Well, knives are involved, right? We've Brought talked to you about by that. Yeah, all sorts of things. There's a little, there's a little illustration of a nuclear explosion in the. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <In that> game. <laughs> Somehow, making the sandwich, you're able to turn both keys at the same time yeah. as they're out of arm's reach. I'm well, impressed. no, you just have to uh, have to uh, give away the password to the Whopper, right? Well, you were too busy making your sandwich, and the incoming <laughs> missile hit and didn't get shot down by your. Uh... You know, your 1980s Ronald Reagan-style Star Wars system that was going to protect us all. Hell, I'd piss on a spark plug if I thought it would do any good. Right? Anyway. War games. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, but the <laughs> the the good news is uh, I, I am talking with uh, a smaller publisher, uh, and they're very, very interested. And so, again, that's the same story of, you know, don't count your chickens or eggs before they hatch or whatever. Um, but... I'm excited. It's always fun to have uh, someone in the industry say, no, this is really good. I like it. The The real question is whether they pull the trigger. Yeah, whether they pull the trigger or not, it's it's definitely nice when just somebody with any sort of clout or that, ki- that type of capability says, this is really good. Yeah. So Makes you feel a little bit better about all the time you've put into it. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and to be honest with you, it's, it's turnkey. That's typically not appealing to publishers because they like to use their own artists and things like that you know so they tell they usually tell people if you're going to try to put a game in front of publishers don't commission any real art because they're just going to throw it away with this one the art's so gorgeous the publishers are like no we obviously want the art as well yeah no so that that's always a good selling point cool but yeah worst case scenario i'll put it up on kickstarter but i've kind of delayed launching the kickstarter just to see how that pans out you can always put down the uh the ultimatum. <laughs> you can just lay that out there and say, actually, hey, 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 publisher guy. You know? Crapper, get off the pot. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually starting to become friends with the guy that, uh, that runs that. that oh, there you so. That's the mistake you made. You became friends. <laughs> He's a nice guy. He's that nice. leads to, you know what friendship leads to? What's that? How many episodes have we got going right now? 
This is number 289. It leads to 289 episodes of a podcast. That's what friendship leads to. That doesn't yeah, sound like the worst thing. You don't want that. <laughs> What's it, Craig? Oh. It'd be nice if you said that differently than... Uh, than what? Like... What's it, Craig? It's like... That's, it's like... Oh, I'm sorry. Epic battles of history! What's it, Craig? What's it, Who won? What? Who won? That's oh. what they always, the guy always says at the end of epic rap battles. <clears throat> anyway... Oh, let's see. All that time, you still don't have the news item ready, huh? Yeah, trying to it find is your what place. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I took my cue from you. <laughs> There's a Lego thing that's gonna. Don't ask me why they're doing it via Indiegogo. I guess they're just they're, they're testing it out. They're gonna see it's it's a you know because crowdfunding is a, is a way to, to to test the waters to see if people are interested in it. Yeah, but they're doing this thing that's um, called Lego. Legos is doing this thing called Lego. Uh, da, 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 da. It's got Lego. Lego Forma, Lego premium, Forma. a premium Lego experience designed for adults looking for a fun, engaging way to reconnect Wait. with their creative side. It's it's adult Legos. No, not like that. I mean, it could be, be. <laughs> not not necessarily mutually exclusive. That's they're true. all they're all just various uh, shades of uh, flesh color and no, pink. Moving right? along, moving along. You won't be able to build just anything out joke, of these by Legos. The way. That's the what kit. people come to Nerdburger. <laughs> the kit priced at forty five dollars <laughs> on the international crowdfunding site has two hundred ninety four elements, including rods and stop quiet, oh, okay. not you, <laughs> and other pieces that are used to create a colorful moving koi fish. It creates like this little moving sculptural. Thing. It is a fish specifically, oh. um, and you can get replaceable skins that let you change the colors of the koi or be, transform the model into make it look like a shark. Replaceable scales, skins. They call it skins. I guess technically it's yeah. Fish it's have skin. Skin that Stop scales are attached. Attached. Just because to... you you're not getting your penis Legos doesn't mean you have to nitpick the fish Legos. I did not say penis Lego. I did not say that I wanted. So you you can only make a a koi fish with this kit. Then is that what? Apparently, a, that doesn't sound very creative. Then really, you're just kind of following some rote instructions. Yeah, that that's point, right? that's that's the, one of the things that that's one of the issues that I have with this is that it's like it's for you know getting adults in touch with their creativity again. It's like well, if you can only make one thing, it's not creativity anymore. Like you said, it's following instructions. Number two. The Legos you have right now allow people to do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, if you buy, for example, a set that I actually bought once years and years ago, which was the T-Rex. The looked like it was all mostly red. There's like some burgundy and gray and black in it. It was this big Tyrannosaurus Rex thing. The thing stood about a foot tall when you put it all together. And then it had the instructions for putting the T-Rex together. And then it had, I think there was like another little smaller... Um, dinosaur that you could make with it too and had the instructions for that but then on the box it had in, it had all these other dinosaurs mm. that were that were buildable with those same pieces oh cool but no instructions for them just saying hey look you can make other things too which would make you then want to take that set and say okay well i built the and i put the t-rex together and i put that up on my shelf and say hey t-rex then i dust it off a couple times over the course of a few months and i get tired and i go i'm gonna pull that t-rex apart and i'm gonna make some other things dinosaurs or otherwise and you can make other stuff whereas like it seems like this forma thing is like you said it's a little too specific yeah like it's going to make a fish that is this specific shape um but 
you know, you got to keep trying new stuff, keep innovating, see what sticks. You never know. <laughs> 10 years from now, like that might be all Lego is. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, well, and there, there might not be anything wrong with it. The creative side might. Be, they might. It sounds like they might be marketing to the wrong people. They might want to market to people that just don't have the energy to be creative. It's like <laughs> tired of being creative at work and in other matters of your life. Just build this. Prefer following following very specific instructions to create really cool moving sculpture fishy things. Hey, you know that. There's... Have we got the Lego set for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I know knitters that like to you know follow only patterns that someone else has defined. I know knitters that like to make their own patterns, and some go even farther and you know dye their own yarn and stuff like that. And so that's a very flexible range of. I don't want to put any thought into it. I just want to zone out and move my hands to. I want to get really. I want to make creative. art. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to make it make make a piece of art that is all me. So, all right, Lego, let's see what happens. Got a little fishy guy. Ends up on a little stand. Now, I do think the penis sculpture that moves like a koi fish in water would definitely sell very well. All you need is the penis skin. <laughs> well, you'd have to sell that with, like, detachable little piece of skin kind of toward the front. Uh, yeah. You know, for your different religions. Sure. You would have to, or that could be like that's a stretch like a little, goal. A little, a little, a little buy on, you know, like a little ad thing. Going. No, you can't, you can't penalize pe- people of certain religions by making them spend more to have the thing that it should have had sure to begin can. with. Sure, you can. Why can't you? We do it all you the just time. Make in it this removable, country. and then you put it back in the box, <laughs> and you don't have it as part of your display. Detachable foreskin. <laughs> You're gonna just sub in the King Missile song after this. <laughs> That's the plan. What else is news, Mike? I don't think I own that. Um, who needs a new computer? Uh, Anybody here need a new high high end desktop computer? I need to build a media machine, so sure. You need to do what now? Build a media machine. This might be uh, this might be up your alley. Are you uh, are you also a fan of Star Trek? I was just watching that earlier. Oh. Today, I'm not kidding. I really? watched a couple episodes of Next Generation this morning. Arguably the best Star Trek. I was always... Everybody has their favorites. Yeah. I was partial to Voyager. Well, if you like Star Trek and you need a new desktop computer and you live in China, no <laughs> word yet on... very specific. No word yet on if... That's uh, not we... that specific. A lot of people live in China. <laughs> if we can buy this. Like a billion. You know, like a seventh of the world's population about. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. There's it more than a billion? Is a billion? Is it two I billion? Don't, I, don't, I don't know. I but how many of them of like things. Star Trek: The Next Generation? That's, Everybody that's likes Star Trek: The Next Generation. That was the Star Trek <laughs> theme that had the most things on it, so the most favorites. I figured that that was safe to go with that one. Okay. It didn't say it was Next Generation. Anyway, you should get this new computer from Lenovo. <laughs> it looks like the freaking Enterprise. <laughs> it is. It's it's the uh, USS Enterprise. NCC seventeen oh one, okay, and it lights up, and it uh they have a video of it. I have no idea what this video sounds like or does. Oh, it's dubstep! Great. Wow, that was it. Yeah. Okay. There was just a lot of uh, the nacelles flashing. Yeah, it's got lights. And um, let's see 
What else does it? So when I was in Japan the second time, <laughs> I, I tried Airbnb for the first time. And it was a couple of art students. I was running one of their apartments. And they had on display about an 18-inch tall R2-D2 that lit up and everything and housed a fully functioning PC on the inside. So his little lights go beep, 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 like R2-D2 when you were using the PC. That's cool. Was, was that epic. custom made? or Yeah, it was custom made. He made it himself. Let me ask you about this uh, enterprise computer here. What kind of a mouse comes with it? Does it look like a shuttlecraft? Because if it doesn't, boo! Boo! Um... I don't know. Old. It looks like that's the mouse. That it doesn't look like there. an that old school shuttlecraft. Like shuttlecraft. Mm, nope. Wrong. Does it look kind of like a tricorder, though? Drop the ball. It does kind of look like a tricorder. No, that might that might be the... Hmm. Mm, no, not like the... Uh... Not, not like, like the, not old, like the old original ones. series ones. Yeah, the original series were... tricorders look like a, a cassette uh, oh, that's recording. If this was the Enterprise D, that would be appropriate, right? That would look pretty close. Yeah. So, too, too many curves on that thing. Yeah. Well, you you don't want to cut yourself on your mouse, so I, that is a concession I'll make. I know some I know some geeks, you know, might you know be okay with that, but up to a Core i9 processor, GeForce RTX 2080 graphics card, 32 gigs of RAM. That's kind of small. That's low. You think you'd be able to get more of that? One terabyte M2 NVMe SSD, not eSATA, or I'm just the one terabyte you lose me there. I need at least two. Not eSATA. What am I thinking of? PCIe. Does the want to jack right into the motherboard? Does the NCC NCC 1701D come with like 128 gig? Well, it also comes because it's got a bigger. It's just a bigger saucer. Is that where the disc is? Is it a disc? Is it, it a big disc that just fills the saucer? Well, it's got the it's got the solid state drive, which uh, I, I, I no 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 this one this one has the solid state drive that I just said, which is the boot drive, and then it has an additional two terabyte regular hard drive. So maybe that is spinning inside. It's just all the a saucer. big disc inside the saucer. <laughs> Typically, those are what like those are multiple discs stacked on top of each other, right? Yeah. That's how they fit them, fit them in there. They ever fit that much Somebody stuff else. on the same. Type of magnetic. Uh... Somebody will figure out the technology to make a giant. Like, well, no, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what disc. this is. Instead yeah. of stacking a bunch of uh, platters, they just have one giant one inside there. <laughs> it says it has killer. This is with a capital K. Killer LAN and killer Wi-Fi. Okay, so I actually those know, are the wrong words to use for. You Star know what Trek. that is? I know what that is. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank it, God you're here today. It's uh, <laughs> it's a popular. I, I don't want to have to Google that. It's a popular-ish uh, protocol. Uh, that's often used for like you know gaming laptops and computers okay. and things like that. I I had a Razer Blade, the first model they did, and it came with the the killer network card and software. And it's honestly notoriously flaky. So, hmm. but they do very good branding. You know, it's kind of like the Rosetta Stone of network cards and <laughs> stuff like that. Like they have a, such a good marketing department, they don't actually have to put put out a good good functioning product to be pretty much everywhere. So I just so eventually, I actually had to disable that network card in my laptop and use like a usb one just to get a stable connection that was kind of disappointing i take issue with them using you know just making a big deal out of using something that has the word killer attached to it with star trek Mm -hmm. unless it's the alternate timeline where we're in war with the romulans and we are just running around killing people and every and every starship is actually a warship does it come with a little van dyke that you can put on Truly, this is the darkest it's, timeline. It's made out of construction paper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got a, it's got an app, so you can control the the lights. Oh, do you hear Gene Br- Roddenberry's wife when you use the computer? 
Oh, it doesn't say anything about that. It doesn't say that it talks to you. Although it does, like the this front bit here flips up, and that's a that's a 400 lumen projector. Oh, that's actually so you don't even need to um, have an external monitor. You can just project. It's not very bright. No, but it's still but... very cool. How much does this bad boy cost? I'm guessing four, five k minimum. Uh, it doesn't really say what it doesn't say what the base specs are. So who knows what what kind of a deal this is? But it's twenty two hundred. Wow. Surprising. And that's in China. But it uses a dollar sign, so that's the... The converted cost. Well, and the good news is, because Lenovo is wisely manufacturing it in China, soon the factories will be releasing bootleg versions you can get for about half the price. So. Is the battery located in engineering? I think it's a... Yeah, I think it just plugs in. It's a desktop. Mm. Okay, how about the fan? It's like, is there something <laughs> appropriate located in engineering? I don't know. Oh yeah, does what, it what do the core sound? That would be really cool. You turn it on, you get that. Well, that's what that's what I was hoping we would hear in the video, but instead we got dubstep. Mostly, I wanted to be able to to eject something. You know, when they eject the warp cores, like, well, what can you eject? <laughs> That'd be the USB drive, right? Okay, the, sure. Yeah. The USB you drive, plug go the USB where drive the, there, where the, where the warp core would get booped out. <laughs> Whenever they got to get rid of that, I don't know. It doesn't. Sh- it doesn't show the ass end anywhere here. No. So. Maybe. I'm sure there will be people that will dig it. See, that's why you want the Voyager one because it would come with two USB slots for the two warp cores, and then it would be liquid <laughs> cooling for the gel packs. So yeah. this is this is the. There's it's your... it's actually pretty impressive. It's it's a nice looking computer. Yeah, yeah. It's on a little stand. That's uh, if you if you see the stand from above, it's the uh, Starfleet logo. Okay, sure. Uh, I'm a little surprised they didn't go with a much easier to put together Borg cube layout. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, it would have almost equal popularity. It'd be much easier to cram all that hardware in there. And and it would have been uh, yeah, totally modular. And the the you, dubstep would make a you lot. You know more what? Sense. They need to just make a case. They need to just sell the case with. The Borg, you know, the, Borg, the Borg lights and the Borg sounds yeah. and everything, and then you'd put your own uh, your own guts in it. Yeah. Build it, your it, own. It would assimilate your own what? guts. It would, assi- right. it would assimilate whatever components you Ooh, put it into would be, it. Uh, it would be proprietary complete... Starfleet Lenovo BS. It would probably <laughs> have to be like two feet square all on all sides to fit everything, but it would have multiple motherboards with all the different legacy connections in it, so you could literally assimilate any part from any old computer. <laughs> And that the tie them all together. That's actually a good idea. That that's something I would get. So check out Mike's Indiegogo uh, <laughs> the two foot Borg cube. Assimilate all old computers, including it's, it's, uh, the the Lappy four eighty six. It's pronounced Bjorg, so that there are no trademark problems. The Bjorg cube. That's right, right with the O with now the umlaut yeah, over. Yeah, I'll it. sell it. I'll sell it at IKEA. <laughs> Right? Sure. Well, you do have to assemble it yourself. You're really doing a great job with cross-promoting and synergy there. Good point, yeah. <laughs> New World Ikea, it's the Bjorg Cube. Okay. So what else is news, Craig? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, A Russian guitarist whose overpowering body odor required a plane to make an emergency landing died 
Um, Overpowering body odor. Yeah, he what was the was it because he was dead that he was like decomposing? <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> no, but he died shortly after the flight. Um but the smell was so bad that passengers were nauseous and allegedly, allegedly some of them began to faint according to uh Is this a Russian reports. airline? Um I don't know, I don't care. Um the the more important point about this was that like in looking at this now kind of looking back at it, it was like, you know, you make the the comment that death you know the smell of death mm-hmm. that they, they haven't been able to pinpoint like it wasn't a hygiene issue it didn't it didn't have that kind of oh odor. it wasn't like onions from his pits yeah, like it, it was, hey, who's eat who's eating a sandwich the belief that, like that. The, the, the belief that they have here <laughs> your, your is standard that bo they think it, they think it was like he was you know, already dying no he there was something that was killing him and it was causing that was, an odor in that the was, process oh. and he had you know it's entirely possible that he tried to to deal with it. I mean, maybe he, you know, he went out of his way to be, stay extra clean and, um, you know, wash and, and, and deodorize and all this sort of stuff. And it just, you know, never let up. And he just, you know, came to grips that like, well, this is a condition that I have now. And maybe he didn't have a doctor look at it yet or. Did they do an autopsy and diagnosis? Are we like in a patient zero movie scenario here? Mm. With... <laughs> um, yeah. Is, uh, are we going to have to, Get um, McDreamy or whatever to track down the monkey. Yeah, he contracted <laughs> he contracted necrosis. Right, that's Mc, that's a uh, Patrick. Uh, uh, what's his last name? Stewart. No, Crazy. those are the ones I can think of. But it's uh, McDreamy. He, he contracted necrosis. Okay. His body he, tissue it, it began was rotting, dying before he did. Before right. So I was right. Yes, before right. he realized it, um, and it ultimately killed him. But the uh, the the, uh, the clues were there. That's just. Weird. That's gross. You're so, welcome. The, 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 Hope everybody's enjoying their breakfast or your lunch or whatever. Dempsey, it is. <laughs> Patrick Dempsey. That's what I was trying to think of. Right? Outbreak. You say so. He was he was like the the first guy that got sick. That Haven't seen helped outbreak. Them, helped them track down the monkey. Really? No, really. Wow. It does sound like a movie. I saw you'd Contagion. See. Hmm. Oh, did they come out at the same time? Was that when Hollywood no. was borrowing from itself? No, was Contagion the... was just a few years ago. Outbreak okay. is like twenty years old. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Dustin Hoffman inside of a. Um, was he? In, he was one of the one of the doctors, right? He was. It was him, him and, uh, and Rene Russo, Rene Russo were the, and, like Kevin, the big stars. and Kevin Spacey. So you probably can't buy it anywhere. Now. You can too. <laughs> you just might not want it. <laughs> well, no, he dies. Oh, okay. You can still. Yeah. <laughs> Of the three doctors, he's the one. Spoiler alert: he's can, the one who died. You're still allowed to appreciate a work of art, a movie, or whatever that's made by a turd. Just acknowledge that that's the case. You, can, you know, you don't have to stop watching or listening to everything just because of a person was a piece of crap. If you want to, that's fine. But you don't have to. Yeah, we don't but, have to take all the Kevin Spacey movies off the shelves. <laughs> Patrick, Dempsey we're not going to see. Uh, we're not going to see any more of them going up on the shelves. He's one of the first people to likely. get to get sick. And uh, okay. he's all pale and sweaty, and he has a, a giant mullet. Well, it's, it's, from the, it's from the early 90s, right? Andromeda Strain, I feel, is still probably the best Outbreak movie I've seen so far. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that one. The, the, the original? Yeah. No, did they remade I, it? I, I they, yeah, they did. I'm a, assuming they Yeah, did. they did a remake a decade, decade ago or something like oh, that. How was it? Um, I, I don't know. I, didn't I haven't see seen it. either. No. Um, yeah, I'm a horror movie guy. Not so much a disease movie guy. Oh, okay. You might not like <laughs> the, the book little, little too real <laughs> that's fair that's fair guy <laughs> i'm into the horror movies but like when it's like oh that could happen to me <laughs> it's a body horror and cronenberg are not your friend well, no because that's all that's all you know like 
oh, that dude got Cronenberg. He got like, you know, turned inside <laughs> out and <laughs> things sprouted off of him and he's got like 17 feet and <laughs> that's, that's, that's all horror movie. That, that's, that's horror movie bamboozlery. That's, you know, that's them just throwing special effects at me. It's I'm cr- going to sit there and watch somebody slowly die of a disease that I could get. Oh, mm. I'm a is, little. Is Cronenberg the I, one that I'm did less, that? I'm less about that. I do watch them, but I don't not nearly as much. That's right. Is is Cronenberg the one that did that space vampire movie that was terrible that we watched? I don't remember. I if think that was, that was an episode of Buck Rogers. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what was the stupid movie called? <laughs> I don't know. It was the one space where, vampires where people shriveled up. Life Force. Life is that Force. It? Yes. Which reminds me, Craig. Do you know Shutter? Like the website. Directed by Toby Hooper. No. Who? Toby, Toby Hooper. Hooper. Who's the guy who made... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> he made Texas Chainsaw. Oh, uh, okay. Which one? The first one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good Lord. No, but you should check out... If you, if, if... Talk about movies that have, have, have had remakes. Jeez. Yeah. Well, hey, you want to watch a great Texas Chainsaw movie? Watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. I you not no i'm 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 aware of that i i think i think i turned that on and thought what the hell is this yeah and watched a few minutes and then turned it off and it takes 50 minutes before somebody dies oh my god it is just endless Uh, what what uh film genius is responsible for that his name is mike what (laughs) i don't i don't know i don't have it in front of me right now mike hooper mike 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 Cooper? Mike, Mike? No, Mike Hooper. Mike Toby Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> Toby in quotes. What was the question? Oh, no, you I, were about to ask me something. No, no, that's right. I was just going to say. Uh, I so, like Cronenberg movies, actually, because they always have really cool practical special effects. Yeah, they do a great job. Uh, no, but uh, Shudder, it's a website that's like yes. Netflix for horror. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with this? I am. It, I highly recommend Shudder. It's like, what, four bucks a month? And they yeah. have an impressive, impressive catalog and something called Shudder TV, where if you're just feeling, can't even bother to think about what to watch just next. Just to choose one, they just run stuff. They just run stuff like a TV station. It's even better e- even better is you watch um, Joe Bob Goes Back to the Drive. No, not that's the book. Um, Joe Bob is the Joe Bob Briggs The Last Drive-In. Okay. He did like a, uh, do you know who Joe Bob Briggs is? I do not. Um, he's a Texas... Um, Essentially, a horror and and B movie like a drive in. He started out like doing basically drive in movie reviews, okay. and it's it's and he it's this this guy from Texas who you, the Joe Bob is a character effectively for this guy, and it's he's this very kind of like Ernest he's very goes hick, to camp kind of kind guy. Of, he's very hick. He's very <laughs> he's very Texas. He's very hick. He's very down home. Um, and you know he would rate rate the movies on the three B's: blood, breasts, and beasts. And, oh, you know, it's, and it's really over the top. And he, but he can turn a phrase, and he's really funny. Mm. Um, and he's been doing it for years. And he's had he's had uh, TV shows where he's like done the where he does the review beforehand or the talk about, and then mm. he, like the inner the interstitial bits. Well, he would like that they would they show the movie on like Showtime. He had you know different shows on on different. So he's a VJ like of Elvira of of horror movie. Yeah, of uh, of you know, it's essentially driving movies before and now. It's, you know, basically, you know, horror movies and B movies and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, and uh, so, but he he did a thing on Shudder where they, they they did like a marathon over a weekend and it was called Joe Bob, Joe Bob's Last Drive-In or something like that. Where, uh, and it's just, it's him. He does the intro setup thing and then he does, and they do like 10 movies, 10 or 12, something like that, back to back to back. And then you can just watch them one at a time. Mm. Now. But it's always like they, they take at the, at the quote unquote commercial breaks, you know, and at a break in the movie they stop they come back to him and they talk to him and they 
Um, he, you know, has little, little bits that he does and, um, he's getting up there in years a little bit, but he's really, he's still pretty funny. Let's check it out. Um, and, uh, they do a sleepaway camp and Felissa Rose, who played the, the lead character in sleepaway camp is actually like in the studio and they talk to her and she's like, you know, B movie heroine kind of she's done a handful of movies she she doesn't even have doesn't even have like a huge huge career she's just done a handful but she's well known for amongst that crowd for sleepaway camp okay. anyway wow that, um, but that's on shutter so yeah. you can see all that joe bob stuff <laughs> this episode of nerd burger brought joe to you by shutter.com to get your three for 30 day subscription to shutter go <laughs> to shutter.com slash nerd burger show <laughs> good luck but um Joe, Joe Bob's uh, Joe Bob goes back to the drive in the book where he had a whole bunch of movie reviews was kind of formative in me kind of getting into B you know B level horror movies and drive in style movies as opposed to what he refers to as indoor bull stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's drive in awesome. movies and indoor bull stuff. That's really cool. <laughs> Speaking of spoopy things, wait, are you guys familiar with spoopy? Do you know spoopy? Spoopy? You don't? Do you not know spoopy? <laughs> I'm not up. On, I'm that's, not up with Spoopy. That sounds like a trap. I'm not answering that question. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so a handful of years ago, some somebody's mom was at like Ross Dress for Less, you know, like Goodwill for Clothes kind of a thing, um, and they had a Halloween section, and so it's all like the rejects show up there, and there was this giant metal sign that says Spoopy <laughs> with two skulls for O's, you know. And so it's become this huge thing on internet. You know, tons of memes are spoopy now, and then there's also the spinoff meme, creppy, and things like that. So creppy, <laughs> creppy. <laughs> so you got your spoop, you got your crepe, you know. Okay. So anyway, I've been getting into the spoop a lot more lately. That sounds really bad when I say it out into loud. the spoop. <laughs> Deep in the spoop, <laughs> but no, Halloween's a big thing for me. I, I, you guys were at my Halloween party last year. You guys saw yeah. all the all the props I did. You know, there I, was a lot of stuff going on in, in in there. Yeah, and I don't know the the big one I did last year was my first serious attempt at building a cool prop from scratch. I don't know if you guys saw it. Was the mirror? Did you see the haunted mirror that I made? I'm trying um, to remember. Uh, I'm I'm sure I saw it at some point. It was a year ago. I'm where was it? What, what... It was shortly after you walk in, like when you get to the top of the stairs, there's at the left, I had, I had the mirror set up, but I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. That's kind of what I was thinking, but I don't remember exactly what, what about it was haunted. So so it's like a kind of a normal full size mirror. And what I did is it was kind of cool. I took a picture frame, you know, like you just pick something up at Target or Walmart and I got some chrome spray paint and I spray painted the glass, let it dry, do a couple of coats, but I purposely left one area where I had a sheet of paper where it only got one coat of the chrome. And then after that dried, I put a sheet of paper over it so it didn't get any more layers of chrome. So it was a weak spot in the mirror. And then I get, got this photo of this creepy girl that just looks <laughs> menacing, almost ghostly-like. And I colored it so it looked kind of like a ghostly apparition. Fixed it to the back of the mirror and then put it up as a frame. So you look in the mirror, you see yourself, everything in the mirror. And in the corner, you just see this ghostly I didn't notice that. Me. Yeah. And that- I didn't explore that stuff enough. I wasn't thinking that you were necessarily doing that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I knew you had you had decorated. You had quite a bunch of stuff out. I just didn't go looking. Like now, now it makes me wonder. Like, like every haunted house I've ever been to, every time, every Halloween party I've gone to, like, did I miss something that somebody put a lot of work into? <laughs> I feel terrible now because well, I because did, I didn't really explore. Well, that, but no, that, that 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 makes me feel good that you didn't see it all. Like uh, one of the guests last year, she commented, she's like, "Wow, I've been here for like three and a half hours, and I'm still spotting little things that you've scattered throughout the house." And I'm like, "Nice, you know." So I know I did a good job, but that was just shots fired. This year, I'm doing the full scale invasion. <laughs> Whoa! So, 
one of the challenges I have is I really love the idea of decorating the out for the outside so other people can enjoy it. Um, but the townhome community where I am right now, they put the street lights right next to my front door, you know, so it's like so bright. I can't do a lot of cool lighting effects and things like that. So this year I'm going to get around that a little bit. You know, shoot out the street light. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I mean... Someone is gonna happen to drive up down your street and shoot out your street light. The glass the day is before. really thick, so you can't use a BB <laughs> gun. Maybe a twenty-two. I've thought about this. Okay, I'm actually gonna say this on public record <laughs> to stop myself. I have come up with plans for spray painting or staining that glass so it'll dim the lights, so I can do better Halloween decorations. <laughs> so, just like getting, uh, getting, you know, some kind of, um, you know, multiple frisbee contraption or like take a hula hoop and would put like a black you know tarp on it and somehow fling it up there so it lands on top of it and drapes it that's not a terrible one (laughs) (laughs) it's all just for humor (laughs) not a serious suggestion all right so mike said disclaimer so you know where i live so if that happens Mm -hmm. we know it's not going to (laughs) condone vandalism Don't vandalize that. I don't. I don't. I don't remember where you live. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a lot of construction in the area. I, I don't think I could find it. Again. Literally across the street from the new baseball stadium. So I'm moving next I spring. Don't on like a related note. Mm-hmm. I don't either. That's why I'm moving next don't, spring. Don't know where it is. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> but no. So one of the things I'm doing that can play well and actually plays off of that light really well is I have that cherry tree in in my front yard. And so uh, what I've done is I found a thing. It's called crafting pumpkins. Are you guys familiar with these? Crafting pumpkins. Crafting pumpkins. I don't decorate my home for anything. Assume that I don't nothing about any of this. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. So a crafting pumpkin is, it's about the same shape. It is the exact same shape in size and color as a real pumpkin that you would grow from the ground, but it's made out of this weird poly foam material. And in the daylight, you'll look at it and you're like, okay, that looks like a real pumpkin, but you know, it looks also a little fake. You get any amount of dusk or nighttime effect and it looks like it's an actual pumpkin okay and they're mostly hollow they're about an inch inch and a half thick uh you know the shell for them so you can carve into them make jack-o'-lanterns out of them and that's why they're crafting pumpkins although some people will paint them and so i've i've already done the prototype for it and it works really really well i've created a couple of uh jack-o'-lantern masks that kind of or you know cutouts that look freaky as all get out um and i've cut out the jack-o'-lanterns and i'm going to put some led uh tea lights in that flicker yeah because you don't want to you don't want to put a real you don't want to set your candle your in, 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 in the in the foam. Yeah, and you can also get uh, solar powered LEDs, so you don't have to Fake change them, pumpkin. You know, because with a non solar powered battery powered uh, LED tea light, they last about a week running nonstop. But the solar powered ones recharge at night, so these are going to be outside, so they'll get sunlight. And so then I've got a wire that I'm hanging it from from the cherry tree, and I'm, I've already set up one. It looks amazing. I'm going to do about like eight or ten of these from the tree. So all these jack lanterns are hanging from the tree, and it looks like they're flickering candles on the inside, and the eyes are glowing. Because they're stuff. yeah, because they don't weigh much. They, yeah, they weigh maybe a pound at most. And I'm also using a good thick wire as well. Um, but in mm. that light, it's too bright to do cool lighting effects like shine lights and you know things like that on your house. But it just lights those jack lanterns enough. They look like they're real jack-o'-lanterns floating in the sky. You don't even see the wires that were holding them up or anything. Ooh. Yeah, so it looks cool. I'll send you a video that you can put up on the website. So that's one of my big ones. Um, I also uh, got a mini projector where I'm doing... Uh, I wanted to do an actual hologram, but my house is not laid out well for the hologram. But from the outside, it looks like that, where um, I'm projecting onto a window 
where it looks like there's a ghost that comes by every you know 10 or 15 <laughs> seconds and it might scream out at the you know people like like, like walking that. walking past uh this is on the inside or the outside well i'm project it's rear projection so i'm doing it from the inside um, okay okay when okay when you're outside it looks like somebody's wa- a ghost is walking like around inside your house got around it. the house so um so that one is actually probably the easiest one to set up you know just get a Get some good movies of ghosts and a little mini projector and mount it on the railing of the house. Set up a little transparent sheet, you know, and boom, there you go. Um, the the third one, though, and I'll definitely send send you guys. Also, one. that'll keep the wet bandits from coming over and stealing <laughs> all your stuff. <laughs> the wet bandits. Home alone. <laughs> and it's a great way to get Bill Murray to come over and hang out with you as well. So, you know. Uh, but... Uh, and so the next one, I'll, I'll definitely send you guys a video of this one. This one was an incredible, uh, incredible endeavor. It was a massive feat. Uh, and it actually took several weeks, a uh, good two or three weeks of experimenting and in both uh, literal and uh, metaphorical hacking to make happen. Uh, so what I've done is I made three haunted picture frames. And so what they are is it looks like this gentleman character from like maybe the 1800s. And then his, the other picture frame is they look like paintings. One looks like his wife and the other one looks like their daughter. And they're just sitting there and doing nothing. But every once in a while, they'll start moving around and doing <laughs> things. Uh, you know, and it, some of them have jump scares where they'll be like, Wah! and they'll jump out. This is it, something you bought. This is something I built. What? Yeah. Um, so here's how you do it I, I, i'm actually the, the, the company that uh, did the original clips which they gave me permission to modify heavily for these purposes um i'm gonna write up a little blog article for them so that other people can do the same sort of thing i would like to submit the video i edited together because honestly the video i it required studio level video editing software to do some of the tricks that i'm doing and i don't think the average consumer could do that so i told you it took a good three weeks a lot of hacking um so what this this is the core recipe though so you remember at the beginning of before we started recording i asked you about the tablet you had yeah. uh, so what i'm doing is i looked into tablets oh, and okay. uh, <laughs> so what i found was the kindle fire has an excellent screen and it's super cheap because amazon they lose money on that thing they want you to spend all your money you know buying movies and books and things like shopping that. on yeah. amazon and, yeah. yeah so they, they take a loss on that it's a loss leader for them and so it's designed really only to do those kinds of things. It doesn't want to do anything else no. like be a haunted picture frame. So that took a <laughs> lot of hacking to make the fire. They do. also don't last that long, so don't count on it working next year. <laughs> that's unfortunate to hear. We'll see. It'll only be running for throughout, uh, you know. Well, if, if that's all you're using it for and you just put no, it away no, in storage. That's exactly or... what I'm doing. It'll, be, it'll get six weeks of use a year. Um, but it's gorgeous. The screen, the screen quality is so high. Um, and I, I got the refurbished models as well, so it's super cheap per one. And then I, <laughs> and so then I got some picture frames again, uh, and these, you know, it's a ten-inch Kindle Fire, so I got the what is it, the ten by whatever standard picture frame, eight by ten, eight I by think. ten. Um, and I looked at Michaels, way too expensive, especially for the quality you get. Went to Walmart, the opposite end of the spectrum, cheap plastic that breaks in your hand while you're holding it in the store. Target's <laughs> the sweet spot. Target has good, <laughs> creepy looking frames. Hypothetically breaks in your hand it, hypothetically. while you're looking at it in the store and then put it back on the shelf yeah, and walk out hypothetically met- hypothetically metaphorically speaking not literally disclaimer <laughs> allegedly i'm admitting to all sorts of potential crimes here on nerd burger so today. so not michael's not walmart target 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 yeah i was gonna guess target but here's the problem 
the Kindle Fire actually is really easy to hold in your hand because it's tall and thin. You know, it, it's it, a sixteen it, by nine. Uh, yeah. yeah, and so it feels like you're holding onto a Ten Commandment style tablet. <laughs> you know, it just hold, holds under the arm easy. It holds in your hand easy. Whereas, like the the Apple, you know, the iPad that you have is more classic picture frame ratio. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm jealous of this. But that's like what you said, five hundred dollars for the cheap one or something like that. I think they're uh, on just under four hundred if you do refurbished three hundred. Yeah. You can also get the cheaper models. I don't know what the absolute bottom of the barrel cheapest one is, but. Call it three hundred. Yeah, yeah, you do. that's way no, too much money too, too, for a glorified picture. It frame. sounds like you did this for all, all for under three hundred and possibly under two hundred. Uh, no, around I, that. I, I, okay, that's fine. <laughs> they're at one hundred fifteen per tablet. So, ooh, geez. yeah. Um, but still a lot cheaper than Apple. Um, so the downside of that ratio is it's about sixteenth uh, of an inch too tall to actually seat into an eight by ten picture frame. Oh, so this is where the literal hacking. Uh, came into play. <laughs> now, I'm not like, route out the the back of the frame. I did. I learned to whittle because I don't have tools. Um, I'm not a I'm not a uh, you know crafty handy person typically. You could probably have done that with a Dremel. I don't know what a Dremel is. Okay, never mind. See, I told you I'm not a crafty handy. I can. <laughs> He's MacGyver. already done it. Don't tell him how to do it again. Okay. <laughs> no, actually, I, I'm very curious because when I write up the blog article, I want to offer suggestions of better ways to do things if you know what you're doing. So we can we, we can talk Dremel post. Dremel is a, a handheld rotary tool. Oh, that so yeah, the, that, that different that, attachments on you know that would probably be a lot so. easier than whittling with mm -hmm. a razor. Yeah, blade. probably. So. <laughs> Whoa, not even a pocket knife. <laughs> I'm glad you're still alive, just fiddling around with a razor blade so for hours. So it turns out crafting involves a lot of blood. I did not know this. <laughs> and when it's Halloween stuff, you feel like it's kind of like a dark ritual. You're like, I'm, I'm spilling my blood on this haunted picture frame. You know? It's kind of appropriate, really. Yeah. yeah. So Any other holiday, not so much. <laughs> the Christmas blood. Yeah, no, it doesn't work as much. <laughs> well, you'd have to get people and aliens to have red and green, right? Yeah. Christmas, yeah. So, uh... <laughs> So when you use a Dremel or other appropriate tool, you can actually draw. You can put, you can place the tablet down on the back of the frame and draw a little outline with your pencil. And then you can carve around that, mm -hmm. carve out the space for it, and then it fits perfectly. You carve up a little extra room so you can plug the tablet in. The reason I chose the tablet over a monitor, the monitor has cables you can't really hide very easily, and I that just seemed like a lot of effort considering I'm moving out in the spring. I'm like I don't want to hack up my walls for this project, you know. Right. Um, so the battery power on a Kindle, uh, Kindle Fire, uh, if you put it in airplane mode, which I recommend because you don't want to be having a conversation to have Alexa accidentally pick up and interrupt your haunted picture frame. Yeah, it doesn't uh, need any of its radios on to, to no. play, play the video that you've got stored it, on it. Yeah, and it gives a much longer battery life. Uh, and then you want to set the brightness to about half. Mm -hmm. That's where it very visible at any angle, any dark level of darkness or brightness. Um, but it still looks like a painting. It doesn't look like it's glowing. And you'll get about 15 hours battery life. So all you have to do is nice. take it off the wall, plug it in when you go to bed, wake up, put it back up on the wall. Or if you drill a hole in the bottom, you can just plug the cable into the frame itself. It's pretty easy. So you're going to have these running year-round. Yeah. Well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite. No, because you'll, you'll wear them out and you'll, you'll buy, well, new, buy new Kindles. Well, and that, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fun to take a break from the spoop sometimes, you know. The spoop. You, you enjoy it more. <laughs> You guys can put that picture up on that podcast as well. It's easy to find. Knowyourmemes.com. Spoopy. Um, anyway, so. It's uh, not crappy at all. Yeah, no. No. So where was I? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so you, got a haunted, you got 300 picture frames. And 300 the, and the, the people move around and do stuff. Yeah. And so then, the, then I had to learn about the art of framing pictures because I envisioned that a tool existed 
that I could like rotate and slide like little metal backs behind the tablet so they'd be secure in there while they're on the walls. You don't want your hundred dollar tablet falling on the ground and breaking, you know, out of the frame. Uh, it turns out it has a name. It's like push button something. It's a real picture frame terminology thing. Uh, I don't remember the name. It's doesn't not a very good name. Um, it didn't these, come with those on there. Well, the picture frames come with that, but the, but you, the you, Kindle you, is just a little thicker. too thick oh. than necessary. And they actually have little beveled ones that it just happened to be perfect width for sliding into a picture frame and putting it on a Kindle. It was just a miracle. Um, and they're, they're only like three bucks at Michael's. So, you know, you can get a whole kit of them for around $3 and you put all that together and you can mount it on the wall and it looks gorgeous. And here's the best part with, and this is why I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping they'll let me release the video that I made because the way that I constructed the video and the way that I'm that I've got it set up and I can write out the details for in the guide, not only do they the three pictures sometimes do jump scares and things, but sometimes one of the people will leave one frame, go into the other frame, <laughs> murder the other person, and then come back to their original frame. Okay, now I'm on board. So uh, they have to be synced up then. You have, to, yeah. you have to press play all at the same time. It's incredibly hard to make this work on a tablet that only wants to sell you audiobooks. I, I cannot tell you. <laughs> So, um, yeah, no, but it works. It works great. It's running right now. Um, and I so. assume it runs in a loop. Yeah, yeah, it runs the, 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 the loop that I came up with is about a half hour of new content, obviously interspersed with periods where they're just standing there staring like a picture because if they're going 24-7, mm-hmm. then it would kind of, I think, kill the illusion a little bit and be a little too busy. But it's about a half hour before they loop again and do, you know, start repeating their animations and things. <laughs> I'll, very I'll, cool i'll post a video uh or i'll give you guys a video to post of that if you want to share that as well on the site yeah absolutely <laughs> oh that's dedication man yeah good on you kudos this is high nerd craft <laughs> right yeah and if i can do it without any previous crafting experience then you know anyone can <laughs> except for the part about the studio quality video editing and that that may take some effort <laughs> but the Kindle hacking. So, are you guys? You guys are familiar <laughs> with Steam. You know, you know Steam, right? The video game sure, service. Sure. So, it, people that don't know, it's kind of like video games on demand. You can buy a video game online and download it to your computer, and it's this also semi-social networking environment as well. If you want that, um, they have something called Steam Workshop. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. And the idea no. is, if I write a video game and publish it to Steam, and most major publishers do, um, I can make the game mod- moddable. You can modify the game, make your own levels, your own characters or whatever, and then release it to other players in the quote unquote steam workshop, you know? So user driven sure. content appears in the workshop. So I've been talking with uh, the video content creators about setting up something similar. Uh, so not only can people benefit from what I put together, but I could benefit from things other people have put together. Neat. Quite the little endeavor. Look at you. Yeah. So <laughs> doing stuff, <laughs> Mark, Mark, making two- things. Mark two of the video, so but I'm probably gonna. It, it was a lot of work, so I think I'm gonna take a break from it. There's a point of enjoyment to neurosis, <laughs> and I feel like if I refined it any more this year yeah. and enter that neurosis, there's level, a point. Sure. There's a point where your hobby begins to feel like a job. Yeah, and yeah. then you gotta be like, all right, yeah, step so, back. But Mark two, I'll be itching. <clears> you don't know what that feels features. like at all, right? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? What do you, you gotta leave? Leave yourself something to do for next year, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the year after that. Yeah. So Mark II will be, and this was not my idea, but I love this idea. Anybody that looks at that, you know, at those, uh, at those animations, you know, they'll know there's a computer involved somehow. They might not know it's a Kindle Fire or how I put it together, but, you know, they're not going to think the picture frames are. No matter how cool it is, they know it's not haunted, you know. Um, 
So one person suggested that somewhere in the animation have a little blue screen of death pop up, you know, like a <laughs> massive catastrophic computer failure. You know, and then people go like, ha, 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 and then have one of the ghosts jump scare out of the blue screen. So that's Mark II. Nice. Or you could just have like blood, red liquid blood drips come down from the top and oh, cover I it love up. that. That's a great idea. <laughs> and until it goes all red and then maybe it just, like drains out wavy <laughs> like no, it drains out the bottom no, that's a really good idea <laughs> do those have cameras in them uh they do but presently i don't have a whole display you know gotcha, a hole in the gotcha. frame for the camera i've thought about doing that but again neurosis yeah that's gonna take a long time to do that with a, a see now ne- now a, a needle or a push pin now i want to see that's <laughs> yeah, fine i want to see i want to see this Dr- thing Dremel will go much faster i want to see this <laughs> with a camera in it when facial recognition software gets good and you can show the the software pictures of all the people that are going to be over at your party mm-hmm. so it can recognize people oh that's a really and then it can idea. talk to them and it can <laughs> put stuff like the, on the screen that like speaks directly to them and by their name that's, that's what i want to see that would be awesome it that goes be... it goes blue screen to death and it's all like ha ha that's funny and then it says you know die meredith and you're like whoa <laughs> <laughs> that would be super spoopy <laughs> Super spoop. <laughs> or whatever else you can think of to do with people's names. Just because that was a thing that I did at the at the at the at the haunted house thing when that that one October when I did that at Six Flags Great America where we did uh Fright Fest. <laughs> oh, so if you saw somebody Well no no, it wasn't even knew. people that I knew. No, oh. it wasn't people that I knew. You just hang around and you're just like in your in your makeup doing your monster thing and I was kind of, you know, people people like to ignore. Mm-hmm. Like unless you're going after them, they kind of want to ignore you because they don't want you to come try to scare them, mess with them and everything. And so you just listen. You wait for somebody to say somebody else's name. It happens all the time. It's you, so easy. You worked at the, the haunted thing at Great America? Mm-hmm. Right fast for a year, for one, 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 one October, yeah. And I just randomly brought, accidentally said Great America <laughs> earlier in the episode. Whatever. And you'd, you'd hear somebody's so name. You'd hear, you'd hear somebody's <laughs> name, and then you'd just kind of you know wander along with them for a little while to give them a minute or two to forget that somebody had just said their name. Yeah. And then you'd be like, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> and Jenny would pee herself. That's amazing. <laughs> Jenny had to go home. <laughs> or every so often you'd get... Um, somebody would actually come up to you because people are terrible mm-hmm. and they would say, I want you to go mess with my friend. <laughs> and I would say, okay, what's her name? Like, you know, and just ask questions like what's, what's her name? What, 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 what kind of a car does she, you know, what kind of a, you know, did she drive here? Did you have, does she have a car? Um, just like, like what's she afraid of? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just anything, <laughs> just like stuff that you can use to mm-hmm. without asking like what's your social security number yeah. <laughs> nothing like that <laughs> but we'd ask stuff like you know what, what what's what's she afraid of or he he do I, I had that happen plenty too for the record ain't all just the girls that get afraid of the people at the fright fest <laughs> plenty of guys lose their minds running away from people that's awesome when somebody jumps out and scares them plenty <laughs> And you get guys coming up to you and saying, "Hey, I want you to go bug my buddy over there. Mm-hmm. I want you to go, you know, like he's 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 got a thing about how many spiders or something." How many people did you see pee themselves? Did I see? Yeah, I didn't see see anybody pee themselves that I, that I know of. <laughs> did you hear it? No, I don't. No, okay. 
<clears throat> so uh, for those that aren't in the Atlanta area, we have a, a pretty epic. It's one of the top, I think, top five haunted houses in the country uh, called Netherworld. Yeah. And they're we... moving this year. But a few years back, I went to Netherworld. And I always like to either be the front of the line or by myself because I want to be the one that gets messed with. I love getting messed with. Um, and so the thing about Netherworld was they had a really good giant insect display. I turn, <laughs> I turn around a corner and this giant centipede thing comes up and it's like maybe a foot away from me and it's staring at me. And I'm just looking at it going, this is amazing. And then it sprays me in the face. <laughs> and I'm like, fear is a good thing. If this was a haunted house or if this wasn't a haunted house, if this was a horror movie, I'd be dead right uh-huh. now. So um, <laughs> I'm actually envious of the people that run away in fear as a natural instinct. That might actually be a good life-saving technique. And also just, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, they, Dave is ill-equipped for the, uh, I'm desensitized, the... you know, it's like <laughs> giant centipede. Nice. Yeah. The, the radioactive apocalypse that causes everything to grow bigger. It's all the bugs happen, right? and the worms. But to write, to write some local haunted houses for people, since I love these things, there's also, um, one in Birmingham, Alabama at a, an old foundry it's an old steel factory that's shut down other than for historical purposes and oddly haunted houses during october it's called sas sas yeah s-a-s-s um and you can go through and it, i mean the setting is perfect it looks like a run-down rusted old-time factory from the inside and that alone you know you can do second-rate props and it just feels epic uh the but the best part is if you pay extra They'll put a little uh, rave-style glow-stick LED necklace around you. You have to sign a waiver, and if you're wearing that necklace as you go through, the, the people do, you know, all the actors know that they can mess with you, and they can pick you up, put you over their shoulders, do rituals and sacrifices, throw fake blood on you, lock you in cages, put you on racks. It's beautiful <laughs> and the best trick to get messed with is don't act like you want to get messed with act like you are afraid and you want to get away and you made a terrible mistake because that will draw them to you like a magnet and if you're lucky you'll be in that haunted house for a good extra half hour covered in blood and makeup by the time you get out i cannot recommend it enough. carry some fake urine with you and splash it on them and you think that You've peed yourself. Oh no, but yeah, they they have a they have a wonderful time with it, and the more the more you the more scared you act, whether you're feeling scared or not, uh, the more they get into it. They feed off of your energy. Uh, so if you ever have an opportunity to do a haunted house where you have to sign a waiver, I highly recommend <laughs> it. Oh, uh, not for me. How about you, Craig? Oh, it'd be one thing if it's it, it depends on how far it really goes because we actually talked about this last year or the year before. No, Birmingham's pretty far from here. It's only we, a couple hours. We talked <laughs> about this with Lisa last year, the year before, Extreme Haunted Houses. Oh, no, I know. Where, yeah, yeah. And I was talking about that documentary I yeah. watched with those people that I think are actually psychopaths. Yeah, they're that... just this side of actually murdering people mm-hmm. because they're... How far, how far they go... Yes, how far they oh, go yeah, with Dave, this Oh, yeah, Dave, you might actually it's, like this. No, no, no. It will make you not want to go to these places anymore. Oh. Well, the Birmingham it's, ones it's, were it's relatively safe. It's frightening. <laughs> they had fun with it. They weren't frightening. This is this is abduction. Okay. This is like you know you they, they vet you and they, you sign off all this stuff and then you they, you know your instructions are to go to this place and they kidnap you and effectively psychologically torture you for two days. Oh no, nothing, nothing that bad. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> this you would like good this. fun. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't like that. That's a little too far. Yeah, yeah. No. Surprising anybody likes that. But... Um, and it, you know, you've, if you go to Sauce and you don't want that, you don't have to pay the extra money. You just can pay the normal amount and walk through, and they won't mess with you. So you can still have a good time. 
Sure. Uh, now there's another one in Noonan. Uh, <laughs> So that's about what I think an hour ninety minutes uh, south of here. Sure, um, it's south of Atlanta, and it's where Zombieland with Woody Harrelson was filmed. So if you watch uh, Zombieland, you'll see downtown Noonan. They have a haunted house there called Thirteen Stories, and the idea is it's a haunted house that's thirteen floors vertical, but only in theme because it's actually done inside of a one-story uh, old elementary school. So. That's- <laughs> So, okay. But they do an excellent job. Uh, it's got 13 areas. It's basically. got 13 areas, yeah. And they, they theme differently or something. And there's a couple of things I like about them. One, they're, they're technically. Like, and now we're walking up the stairs <laughs> to the next level, and here we are. <laughs> hey, there was. I mean, I the under the un, the underwater thingamabob, the, the whatever it was called, beneath the seas or whatever that, you know, this was <laughs> decades ago. I'm sure there's still something like that now in, in the Epcot area. No. Was like, like you were you were led to believe you went to an elevator that took you way down underneath the earth where they had all the water you know all the all these pools on you know all the all this underwater stuff and you know, you're, you're on the same level as you were just right. at it was just like they got in this thing and it shook a little bit and yeah you funny you I, exited through a different door that you came in yeah <laughs> funny I, it doesn't feel like i uh moved just vertically dr- just dropped you know yeah. 10 stories into the uh, stomach is not up in the top of my head yeah anyway anyway so yes, uh, so thirteen stories. They do they do a good job. They're one of the more indie, I guess, haunted houses, and so they do an excellent job about half the time. You, you would think it was a professional haunted house. The other half of the time, they're okay. Sounds like indie. Yeah, but they do <laughs> they do a good job of building tension as well. They don't bombard sure. you with constant props, and that actually I think is a good selling point that a lot of the top tier haunted houses fail to do. They'll bombard you, bombard you, bombard you. They never give you that downtime to build up again. Uh, but the thing that really sells thirteen stories is they have a virtual queue, uh, which Netherworld could learn from. And the idea is you buy your tickets online, and then when you're ready to go to 13 Stories, you text them your, the code that they gave you when you made the purchase, and it puts you in the queue, and you're in line while you're driving there. And if you get to the front of the line and you're not there yet, the, or well, if it's five minutes out, they'll text you and say, hey, you're five minutes from the front of the line. And if you text back with just digits like, oh, 25, that will tell the, the automated system you're 25 minutes away from getting there. They'll push you back 25 minutes in line again. And so the, theoretically, the longest you'll ever wait in line is five minutes. And that's beautiful. <laughs> that is kind of nice. Yeah. Except that, you know, you n- now you, you'd have to text 30 or 35 because you have to take take into account pulling over and <laughs> legally parking and then texting them and then putting your phone back in its cradle. And then it's nothing so complicated starting to drive that. on the road again because... No, no, that's that's the law now. Oh, or or you can go with a friend. <laughs> yes, you can have your you can so have your they, your co-pilot text the passenger them. Sure. can yeah. can text. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's outside of it. Is Although it, that is, would be how I'd have to do it because I don't have any friends. Is it all? <laughs> I'll go to the haunted house with you, man. There you go. <laughs> We're taking Mike. No, nah, I don't. I don't do haunted houses. You're, Sorry. Really? Oh. They scare you? No, nothing. Stuff doesn't scare me. You're just no fun. Correct. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I see how it is. I don't like going outside. Oh, why would I go to a haunted house when I can watch a horror movie right here in the comfort of my home? That's I don't weird. like horror movies. I'm not speaking for you. <laughs> oh, I get it. Ha ha. Very funny. Well, well poor oh, Allison. She's trapped here. Huh? Another thing 13 Stories does that's amusing. It's not. It's not as awesome as it sounds, but it's still worth doing at least once, is they have a zombie shooting area. <laughs> they give you a gun, 
it's It's heavy it's not a real gun it's a toy okay, gun gotcha. but i mean it looks real it's heavy Oof. it's weighted if you they, they even give you safety instructions like if you turn quickly you could hit someone in the face and knock their teeth out don't do that you know i mean it's got some weight <laughs> um and it's this whole arena set up with people done in full zombie makeups with collars that have little leds on them and if you shoot them just right the led will go black and the the zombie actor knows to fall to the ground oops, fall to the ground and not move again until their collar lights back up and you have only like 150 shots and it's just like how long can you stay alive before a zombie touches you you know and it's it's actually a lot of fun how was, long did you stay alive uh i ran out of ammo uh, before <laughs> i died so i'm i've played a lot of video games uh my roommate liz she didn't do so well i'm seeing i'm seeing dave just sitting there going <laughs> 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 That's how you don't stay alive. That's how you summon the zombies, Craig. It's like you've never watched a horror movie, and I know that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's it's a good, fun experience. I highly recommend it. And I also want to say, last year I did something that I've always wanted to do. Cause I've, uh, the townhouse I live in um, doesn't have a lot of kids, and there's not a lot of apartments nearby yet. Um, they're building them. So we don't we did, never got a lot of trick-or-treaters, you know, like three, four, five. Um, but last year when we had all those decorations and props outside, I think it sent a signal to people, Hey, these people are going to be doing candy. Let's check it out. Uh, cause and got... they showed up and you didn't have candy. No, no, I had candy. Oh, okay. We had a record number, 30 people. And fortunately I had just enough king size candy bars. So I'm, I'm the house that gives out the king size. Wow. Candy bars. So I'm gonna... You are doomed. You are so done. You better be buying a hundred king size candy bars. No, I am. Well, right. I was planning on 90, but I'm also going to get some small ones because we did run out last year and then I started giving up handfuls of the smaller ones um but no it's funny it's because like before the sun had even set last year like there were three or four teenagers they show up i give them the king size they're teenagers like, yeah they're like wow mm-hmm. by the time the sun not set, a fan of that <laughs> if they're in costume i'm cool you know all right real costumes or like they clearly no, just... well see that's that's the thing <laughs> half it if i get a teenager that's just not wearing a costume at all no effort nothing i'll give them a, a, a mini snicker you know, or something like that. It's like, are right, you showed give, up? Give him a mini kick in the ass. But, give, give him a knuckle wafer. But yeah, <laughs> every, every, or a packet of Smarties. But everybody a else, a single one. Here, hang on. Let me open the package. If it's a little there's, kid there's and they're not one. in the costume, they might be poor. I'm not going to judge them for that. You know, they get the king size. If it's a little, if anybody else is in costume, even adult, I give them the candy. I don't care. I love Halloween. Um, but no, it's funny. So those teenagers that first showed up uh, before the sunset, like an hour or so later, the sun is down. I open up the door. There's another pack of teenagers and the ones that had showed up before sunset were standing on the sidewalk. Like, like this is the house. Go to get it. You know, kind of <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that will help get buy us some extra hype this year as well. <laughs> you know what you could do is just put up a big sign that has like a king size Snickers. on it. I was thinking about, I was actually thinking about <laughs> that arrows, flashing arrows pointing at I the door. Like a skull arm coming out of the ground, holding a giant Snickers or something like that. <laughs> Except the label has to, it, it, it'll be in the Snickers font, but it'll say something else. Well, do something other than Snickers, because that's got peanuts in it. Oh, yeah. So you want to oh, bring in all the like kids. Like a Kit Kat or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something that just isn't going to make somebody go, hmm, that's going to kill me. Well, um, it, There's I, lots of other candy bars you can use. Yeah, no, just I, don't do something I'm sure there's like people aller- allergic to chocolate that can't have any of those things that you just well, mentioned. Well, that's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> What are we going to punish all the chocolate eaters out there? Just well, then you need a separate a separate zombie hand coming up out of the ground holding a giant Necco right. wafer like, package. <laughs> we got the right? gluten free treats. We got the no. I mean, I do. I do. And for those variety. of you who don't like candy at all, we've got pencils. Oh, <laughs> like that jag in your neighborhood. You know, I debated, gave away gave away nickels. I was debating Pokemon cards. 
but I feel like that might be going too far. You could hand out apples that are in packages that say, "Do I want to get say, egged? Razor blade free." Oh, see, that's how I'd give out. That's how that's how I'd give out an apple with a razor blade in it. So Put you it got in a package that says it. Have you guys it, been watching? Have one. <laughs> have you guys been watching American Horror Story? By the way, I have. Uh, yeah. I, well, the, just the first episode. I don't know where like are the we. First, three or four, three right now. Yeah. Okay, three yeah, so far. Just, yeah, just, just, just think, one. Things just got real at the end of this episode, so you're missing out. <laughs> okay. Will razor Smith razor, up, razor blades. All right. Look out what are you doing? I'm spoiling it. What are you doing? Will Smith's in it. Yeah. <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. Him and a bunch of him and him and a bunch of dancing robots show up at yeah. that outpost. Dancing robots. <laughs> I wouldn't complain. I really wouldn't complain. Couldn't be worse than last season. I'm thrilled that they have a gigantic candle warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> That's very important for the apocalypse. That's not giving anything away. <laughs> no, no, no. They have, yeah, they have unlimited candles, but All... super limited food. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking. Like they don't was, have a lot of food, was, but they got a lot you have, of candles. Good thinking. You got to have your gothic apocalypse somehow. Well, and here going. Well, let's let's take it to remember what was the show? The uh, the disappointing something. Pines. We call it disappointing yeah. pines. <laughs> it was actually called. <laughs> I don't remember. So something, it was something pines. pines. <laughs> it was it was like a two season show. We watched one season of it, and it was a post apocalyptic thing where people ended up traveling into the future. Blah, they ended up in this this town it's like here's they're in this town where like there's nothing else it's just this town mm-hmm. and it was like walled off was by just, uh cliffs and stuff yeah and it's, it's you, like it's isolated and there was they had a big gate they had a big weird fence big weird electrical fence thing the big yeah, giant yeah, yeah, thing around yeah. it. it was it was bizarre but it's one of these things that you see it in in like apocalypse movies or you know far into the future movies like all this kind of stuff where it's like okay they've got running water so who's manning those pumps? What's how's the? What, I want to go to the pumping station. They're like who's maintaining the pressure? Yeah, where's the water <laughs> treatment plant? They've got electricity. Okay, so at the very least they have generators. Okay, where's the gigantic you know piles of fuel that they have set aside for this? Uh-huh. And with the thing with the with the in the future the, the show that we were watching, they had like running cars, cars that this was hundreds of years in the future, and they had cars that were running uh-huh. on gasoline yep doesn't gasoline expire at some point yes it does so do all the parts that are in those cars so let's 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 that's the discussion we had was like so they had to have somebody in the cryogenic (laughs) stasis who had to get up who had to like wake up every six months of cryogenic stasis and go out and like maintain the cars (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that's your job for the next oh give them all seven centuries give them oil changes replace all the gaskets start them all up drive them around the town Uh once yep um, you know, check the rub, all the wires and everything. Replace uh, fans and hoses and you know, fan belts and hoses and yep. all this kind of so all the rubber stuff that's going to break down. And Charge get up brittle. the freon <laughs> <laughs> and do that. You know, a hundred <laughs> times right. before you get to enjoy this this uh, far far flung future. Uh, utopia that you've created. And speaking <laughs> that person of, would and that go, even that person would go crazy and murder everybody in their cryo chambers. And that that aspect wasn't the disappointing part of disappointing pines. <laughs> oh, there was a lot of other things that were disappointing, like the fact that there was a second season. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> How is this? Conti- but I talk about that. I just like you know, there's, they've got electricity. I don't even want to Google it and find out what it's called. I'm perfectly happy thinking of it as disappointing, disappointing pines for the rest of my life because yeah. that's but, what it was. But American Horror Story, it's the candle thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, so so they've got this this caste society that they've established where you've got these people and these people. Mm-hmm. And, the purple people and the gray people. Right. And so there's probably somewhere else, there's like an off-white 
and of tallow yellow people <laughs> whose only job is to get boiled down into candle wax. No, is to just constantly <laughs> recycle the candle wax and be like, it's like, here's the people who get to enjoy the fruits of everybody's labor. Here's the people who work in the house and here's the people who make candles. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're okay, what, what am I, what, um, you've survived the apocalypse. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? You're going to be a chandler. A what? That's what we call a candle maker. That's what that name means. Yeah. You're going to do nothing but chandel. Didn't, didn't Lewis and Clark eat candles when they got desperate one winter as well? Like, you can actually eat candles. So when they're all starving... Well, it just fills your belly when it, so you don't feel but it, hungry. But, I mean, candles are made from fat. They're lipids. At least well, they're, they're, yeah, they're supposed to be. The old school ones. I least. don't know how digestible it is. How That's much right. you can really get out of it. But yeah, like they're, they're it white keep, barn At candles. the very least, it'll keep you... Yeah, but it's just like, they're just like piles and piles of candles. It's like... And everywhere you go, it's like... There's not just... People, you know, like, if, you, if you're going to walk around, you know what would be so much more, <laughs> so much better is just, like, give everybody a candle holder. They got to walk around the place. Yeah. You don't have to light every corridor with no. 50 candles. And they're all the same kind of candles. So I imagine them placing the order before the apocalypse shows <laughs> yeah. up. Because candles will keep, right? So yeah. they can place that order beforehand. Sure. They yeah. go to the candle maker. Nobody has they to, go w- to the, wake up and maintain the candles. They have to call the candle company. Um, You know, so... uh. uh <laughs> One of the one of the characters, one of the greys, whatever, who has to call the candle company and say, "Okay, I would like one billion candles, please." All right, what kind of candle? How many? <laughs> one. I'm sorry. What? Billion. Okay. Did With you, a B. Uh, did you say million? No, billion. Okay. Huh, what kinds of candles? I would like two inch diameter, twelve inch tall candles. What color? All of them candle color. <laughs> All of them. You know, off-white, yellowish candle color. Uh-huh. Are you sure, ma'am? Because we've got like, you know, 50 different colors and we can even do custom. All candle color. We're not going to be able to <laughs> fulfill that order in one color, you know, for a while. You sure we've, you don't want to mix that up? And, well, that's uh, why they delayed that apocalypse. We've got, a, let the candle we've got a little bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Are we, are we got a question. Are we, where are we yeah, here? yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I, I had a segue, if that's okay, real quick. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the apocalypse... Uh, you may have remembered last year I had some coffee table books uh, that were all horror books. You know, so it's like creepy tales for kids and, you know, classic creepy tales and things like that. That's my coffee table books. Sure. And the most popular horror book was actually a Bill O'Reilly erotic thriller that we had. <laughs> so I wanted to add on to that this year. Didn't realize he wrote those. He did. He does not understand how sex works, I think. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, That's why it's a thriller. <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> It's horrifying. You really, you really just don't don't see what's coming next. It, it, it speaks to many things that I won't get into. But um, I found a new series of kids' books that I would like to add to the horror collection. They're called the Prepper Pete series, and it's a story for children. And it's not. It's done in completely seriously, fully illustrated book about prepping for the apocalypse. Good Lord. And it stars. You, this is something you found and bought. I, I'm going to be ordering it off Amazon for my coffee table horror book collection. Yes, uh, it's a whole <laughs> series. It's not just one book. It's about a red ant who teaches his children and his family about prepping for various apocalypse scenarios, and how the other ants that didn't, or other animals that didn't prep for the apocalypse, are now going to be starving and looting and rioting and mugging each other. It features images of like a caterpillar getting punched in the supermarket by a skunk, uh, like, <laughs> like the whole face what? distortion and the glasses flying off. Children for book, a book for children. Yes. Wow. The Pepper Pete series. Small skunk, large caterpillar. Yeah, it has a bad sense of scale in the books as well. It's beautiful. Does it discuss how um, the the 
little cartoon drawn animated um style uh insects and smaller animals will immediately fall to rape during the apocalypse because that's a thing that happens in your apocalypse stories too where it's like everything starts to go to hell and then immediately you need to put some people in danger put your main characters in danger you got a woman all right introduce some rapists what i just want to kill zombies (laughs) i'm not kidding it happens more often than you would think in Apocalypse stories. It's yeah. like, like, uh, like I said, I'm still only on episode one. The viewpoint. <laughs> that's not the viewpoint of of some of some of these people that write. You know, some of these apocalyptic type tales. It's like really, that's society the, falls apart. Let's look the at fir- mad- the, the first thing that happens is immediately like survival. <laughs> yeah. I need he, to. The power power hasn't even gone out yet. It's like, <laughs> I, it's like Maslow's hierarchy. They're still needs, running. There's, you know? They're still they're, running. They're, they're still st- running water, and they're worried about yeah. some of the, the grocery stores still sex. have food on the shelves. <laughs> Good lord! I've seen it. Just like really, writers, come on. <sighs> there were there there were some porcupines that are tweaking for meth. In the... Good lord! Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Which actually, we... as far as animals go, is really good for the tweaking imagery. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. With all... Okay. Sure. Yeah. That's hair good. standing on end. Yeah. yeah. I like it. They wouldn't be good for like heroin. No. No. For no. anything like any sort of downer. Maybe a possum. Depressant kind of thing. Sloth. Yeah. Tree sloth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is this is important stuff here, kids. <laughs> Tree sloth on heroin. <laughs> or an octopus on Molly. Right. Tree sloth on heroin would actually move backwards in time. <laughs> be moving so slow, <laughs> would actually travel backwards. Uh, that's beautiful. Uh, question, Kevin. Question, Kevin. Question. Yes. Um, oh, hey. First, uh, t- he uh, he he sent us an a- another answer. No, we didn't ask him a question. I, to answer. Oh, good lord! What's, mm. what's he doing? He says, Mike. I asked a baseball question because I had a question on baseball. You're welcome, Kevin. And that ends the answer and question. Oh, because you asked him, why are you right. asking me a baseball question? Okay. Yeah. Move to the question. Thank, thank you, Kevin, for this answering experiment, the question. This experiment is quickly failing. And here we go. with. <laughs> I thought you guys were going full Jeopardy where he started giving you answers and you mm. had to make up the question that well, fit the answer. No, no, not nothing. Nothing nearly as clever as that. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. We should have thought, thought a little harder on that. But okay. Anyway, eighty-one question. Why does that date change at midnight? The date. Why does the date change at midnight? It does nothing but cause confusion. <laughs> if an event is scheduled for Saturday at midnight, do they mean Friday night slash Saturday morning or Saturday night? Wouldn't it be easier if the day changed around 3 a.m.? Things are so rarely scheduled at 3 a.m., so there would be much much less confusion. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> if I may. Uh, so that's an interesting question, actually. And no, it's not. As a software developer, you have to cover a lot of factors when dealing with all the myriad of ways that dates and times can mess with you. And so there is a, a universal uh, time that we like to use. It starts, I think, with January 1st, 1970, Julian time. And it just ticks by every second that happened since that moment. And so there's no concept of day, month, year. It's just a number that keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger from that one point in time. And so that would resolve his issue, although it would make... Filling out the date section on your checka a little tougher. (laughs) 
yeah, uh, to say the least, and scheduling events would just be a nightmare because so when when's your party, Craig? Uh, sixteen billion three hundred and forty-two. Yeah. You know, you don't want to do that. Uh, but that 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 option does exist if midnight's too confusing for you. So you have options. Is my point? Because this is a thing that Mike has pointed out a few <clears> times <throat> on the podcast too, where I say something like, you know, at midnight on Sunday. Well, what do you mean? Do you mean Sunday at the end of the day, right before it becomes Monday, or do you mean midnight right that begins Sunday? Midnight on Sunday, as we're recording right now, is about nine hours and 16 minutes from now. <laughs> at um, 2.40, sorry, 15 minutes at 2.45 p.m. Saturday afternoon. You know, here's, here's my answer to that, is if they changed it to three, it just, there'd just be a new problem. I don't, I don't know what it would be, but there'll be a new problem that will replace it um, that has to do with timekeeping. Because there's, there are two, un- unless we go to military time, there are two threes. There are two, there are two three o'clocks. I mean, you're absolutely right. And then, and then that, that screws up the whole AM PM thing. Is like, how can AM happen right before the t- date change and also happen after the date change? Well, he specifies it that it's 3 AM. Yeah. But now he's saying at 3 AM is when we change the date. Well, how, how can you have 4 AM be after the date change and 2 AM, which is anti mm-hmm. yeah, meridian? What? That makes no sense. Now you have to change your the nomenclature that goes along with your one o'clock through well, twelve o'clock. Well, but that doesn't make sense, sense either. It would be twelve fifty nine to one. That would be when you changed. Well, and it's not eleven fifty nine to twelve. And using AM PM tells you what you need to know. You know, because what noon is twelve p.m. So you know that's in the middle of the day. When it becomes twelve a.m., that's the new day. Midnight's the new day by definition. You just have to think about it for a second. The real yeah, Kevin, think about it for a second. No, no offense, Kevin. I think it's a great question, actually. But you just have to look at it. And but no, the re- some of the real challenges also come in when you get into <laughs> things like leap years. We all know about the leap year, but did you know that we have things like leap seconds mm-hmm. and like leap millennia's and mm-hmm. crazy things? Because I don't know, the Earth didn't want to be in this perfect orbit that works out nice for our mm-hmm. time scale. Intelligent design. Maybe yeah. Some, sometimes there's beauty in the <laughs> chaos, man. The uh... <laughs> The, uh, no, it's, it's all chaos. Everything, every last thing, every here, last little bit. Here it's at all the chaos. Here at the Nurburger Humanity Show, we, uh, do anything. we keep track of how many how many years we've been doing this based on the fifty two week count because this is a weekly podcast. Mm-hmm. So every fifty two episodes is uh, is another year of Nerdburger. But not really. No, no, it's because the there's because there's a leap week <laughs> at some point. Well, there's that too. There's a leap week, and there's also. I think that's coming up in the in uh, in the the next year of Nerdburger. Right. We will have to have 53 episodes in order to get caught up. But when we hit 52, to actual time, even the first time around, when we hit 52, assuming there was no leap in there, when we hit 52, and we said, "Hey, this is our one year anniversary." No, it wasn't. It was our fifth. It was 51 just... weeks since we did the first one. That's correct. We, we were, we were already been a year. We of were doing already a week, a week behind at that point. So there's what well, there's two things going on. There's the way that we count episodes, <laughs> right? Our episode one was actually zero for the time that we've been doing it. Kind of, <laughs> but we counted it as a week, right? No, that's very true. As a software developer, we start counting at zero all the time, and if you're not careful, you can actually do it out of habit when it doesn't make sense. So I get you. <laughs> all right. But uh, my head, my head hurts now. Yeah. Um. So what's news, Craig? Nothing. <laughs> Kevin, the answer to your question: Why is it at midnight? Because midnight is where the day begins. 
which is in the lyrics for this song. Okay, but, Eventually. but much, like, much later on in the I was song. Say, is this going to be like that stupid selfie song where we listen to half the song before <laughs> the person said, "I'm going to take a selfie"? Oh, the Chainsmokers. <laughs> they make some fun videos. <laughs> See, everybody knows about that song except you, Craig. Well, you only knew about it because somebody bought it for you. On the shared iTunes account, and it appeared on my phone one day. What the hell is this? <laughs> that and all the Cure and Depeche Mode and Bjork. Oh, is Nerdburger and Gold Pressing now? <laughs> no, that's just the, the music that okay. unwantedly shows up on my, on my phone. Um, Dave. Craig. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you, Dave. It's my pleasure. We appreciate you swinging by. Go check out Shudder. Shudder. Shudder.com slash Nerdburger Show. That's you your first month 30% free. discount. It's, it's not, there's not that there. Stop doing that. Wait, it's a month free or it's a 30% discount? I don't know. You get, you That's get, something to do with the number 30 anyway, right? You, you get, it should be 31 for Halloween. Yeah, missed opportunity. They, they give you seven days free either way. So. Yeah, I guess this is our Halloween episode this year. Happy October, everyone. This will be October when you're listening to this. Correct. Mike, where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Derek us, email show at nerdburger.derek. And? What are you, what are you that doing? Got, that got out of hand real fast. Yeah, stop doing that. Happy Good Place. Good Place is back on. <laughs> Derek wasn't in the episode, but whatever. Maximum Derek. Maximum Derek! You can go to nerdburgergames.com <laughs> to learn about game stuff and drive through rpg.com to buy some game stuff. Look legitimately confused just then. And you can go to newworldalchemy.com to see the games I design and things like that. Woohoo! On the next episode of Nerdburger, if all goes well, Craig kicks back and enjoys his capers being done and in the hands of the backers. If all goes well, Mike gets to do, to do the entire episode his way. Your guest will be Jim. What do you want to do? What do you want the show to be about? What? I don't have to do anything next time. Okay. I'm just going to sit back and go, ha ha, Capers is done. Well, You're Jim, in charge. If Jim's the guest, neither one of us has to do anything, That's right? Fair. We'll just let him roll on his 67 topics that he suggests every time. It's, like, that's the exact opposite of me. Yeah. You're lucky to get a topic out of me. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's I'll very just borrow true. some of his that he doesn't use. We, I should write down the stuff that we don't use with Jim. One day we should do a a, a, a Frank and Jim of just episode nothing but of extra Jim stuff. Nothing but all of the topics that Jim proposed that we never did. We it'll down. be it'll be it'll be an episode that lasts approximately seven months, <laughs> nonstop. That doesn't mean we'll post one hour every every day for no, seven no, months. No, no, no. It'll, It'll be, run for seven months. Yeah. You'll have to... Uh, we'll have to send you a Dropbox link. I don't think our uh, content provider will support the file size of that episode. You will need to buy a new hard drive, listener. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself a dedicated terabyte just for the podcast. Anyway, that's it. Yep, bye. Bye.